Hello from CNN, I'm Joe Beck, with the five things you need to know for Tuesday, January 9th. We're set to see former President Donald Trump in a federal appeals court in DC today, as his lawyers argue he has absolute immunity from prosecution in his election interference case. Trump won't be asked any questions directly by the three-judge panel, but just like he's done in the past, he'll likely turn the case into a key part of his presidential campaign. And it comes at a crucial time in that campaign, just days ahead of the Iowa caucuses. At the same time, a new CNN poll shows that Nikki Haley is trimming Trump's lead down to single digits in New Hampshire, the second state to vote in the presidential primary calendar. Trump does still hold a meaningful lead in the state, with the backing of 39% of likely Republican voters, but Haley is catching up at 32%. We're moving dangerously close to the climate change limits. New data from the EU Weather and Climate Agency Copernicus shows that global warming was at 1.48 degrees Celsius last year, as the world saw devastating heat waves, droughts, wildfires, and floods. Back in 2015, countries agreed to work to limit global warming to 1.5 degrees higher than it was in pre-industrial times. And CNN's Bill Weir says some days last year even topped it. As you look back at the daily surface temperatures for the first time ever, we had a couple days in November that was two degrees warmer. And this is, of course, the limit where we think we can adapt to these changes. We don't want it to go to two degrees because then coral reefs start to die and, and permafrost begins to melt and these tipping points that are unstoppable. And scientists warn that global warming may be even worse at the start of 2024. There's nothing more atrocious and preposterous than this claim. That was Israel's president, Isaac Herzog, talking about a trial later this week where his country stands accused of genocide. The case has been brought by South Africa. We will be there in the International Court of Justice and will present proudly our case of using self-defense under our most inherent right under international humanitarian law. Herzog met with Secretary of State Antony Blinken in Tel Aviv today, with Blinken pushing Israel to do more to protect civilians in Gaza. The Palestinian Health Ministry says more than 22,800 people have been killed in Gaza since October 7th. A US citizen has been arrested in Moscow on drug charges, following a string of Americans being detained in Russia. A court statement says Robert Woodland is accused of preparing and attempting a crime, as well as illegally dealing with drugs, and will be in detention until March 5th. Last month, another court statement said a Russian-US dual national was detained in St. Petersburg over accusations he showed disrespect toward the military. That arrest followed the high-profile detention of other American citizens and dual nationals in Russia, including Evan Gershkovich, a Wall Street Journal reporter. And last month marked five years of American Paul Whelan being in detention in Russia. The US classifies both men as being wrongfully detained. Coming up, lawmakers are investigating why some inhalers are so expensive. If you use an inhaler for asthma, you probably already know that they can be pretty expensive. Well now, a Senate committee is looking into what's causing the prices of commonly used inhalers made by four pharmaceutical companies to stay so high. CNN's Meg Terrell has more. 
Joe, the senators say asthma inhalers can cost 10 times more in the U.S. than other countries like the U.K., Canada, France, and Germany. One inhaler from GSK, for example, costs $319 in the U.S., but only $26 in the U.K., the senator said. Patients often have to buy them every month, and the senator cited examples of some people having to ration how much they use because of the cost. The investigation is also looking into whether the companies unfairly extended monopolies on the products by delaying generic competition. The senator have asked for responses by January 22nd, and the companies have said they're cooperating. That's all for now. Our next episode is at noon Eastern. Over 37,000 companies have already made the move to NetSuite. Backed by popular demand, NetSuite has extended its one-of-a-kind flexible financing program for a few more weeks. Head to netsuite.com briefing. netsuite.com briefing.